Welcome to Manna for Breakfast, the daily Bible reading devotional which chronologically takes you through the Word of God from Genesis to Revelation in one year. Grab a cup of coffee and your Bible and join us as we journey together through God's Word. And good morning, everyone. It is the 7th of March. Welcome. A Monday, and I got my coffee. And I have my Bible. Hopefully you guys do as well. And as we always do, we like to start it off with something uh, a little bit lighthearted and get our, get our brain thinking. What would a Terminator be called in his retirement? Ah, it's easy. An exterminator. Mm, that's pretty bad. Um, oh, how about this one? What did Tennessee... The same thing as Arkansas. <laughs> mm, yeah. And that's that only works if you pronounce it Arkansas, not Arkansas. I used to live in Tennessee, so I know I'll be Southerner stock. Um, my wife asked me to get six cans of Sprite from the grocery store. I realized when I got home, I'd pick seven up. Let me see if they got anything on this day in history for us. What kind of game do cannibal children play? Swallow the leader. <laughs> God, that's horrible. <laughs> Shouldn't do that one. Mm. Telephone patent. That's what we're after. Some major breaking stuff. Alexander Graham Bell, 1876. On this day, March 7th, receives a patent for his telephone. Elisha Gray had, f- had filed for a similar patent on the same day. As Bell fi- uh, filed, Bell eventually won out. Isn't that interesting? The very same day. The end of wooden ships, March 7th, 1862. The Confederate ironclad CSS Virginia has completed the Confederate Navy, built it up by adding iron plates to the captured Union steam frigate. And so that began iron, iron plating. All right, let's move over to the reading for this morning we are in leviticus as you can see just one chapter today 25 so if you will uh, open up your mobs chapter 25 we'll pray father thank you for this time guide us direct us uh, help us understand these interesting feasts or the interesting feasts that they celebrated and still today and help us apply that spiritually in perspective in our lives in jesus name amen Exodus 25, the sabbatic year in the year of Jubilee. Then the Lord spoke to Moses at Mount Sinai, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I shall give you, then the land shall have a Sabbath to the Lord. Six years you shall sow your field. The six years you shall prune your vineyards and gather its crops. But during the seventh year the land shall have a Sabbath rest. A Sabbath to the Lord. You shall not sow your field nor prune your vineyard. Your harvest after growth you shall not reap, and your grapes and untrimmed vines you shall not gather. The land shall have a sabbatical year. All of you shall have the Sabbath products to the land for food yourself, and your male and female slaves, and your hired men, and your foreign residents, those who live as aliens with you. Even your cattle and your animals that are in your land shall have all its crops to eat. 
count off seven Sabbaths of years for yourself, seven times seven years, so that you will have a time of the seventh Sabbaths of years, namely 49 years. You shall then sound a ram's horn abroad for 10 days on the 10th day of the seventh month. On the day of the atonement, you shall sound a horn all through your land. You shall thus consecrate the 50th year and proclaim a release through the land to all its inhabitants. It shall be a jubilee for you, and each of you shall return to his family. You shall have the 50th year as jubilee. You shall not sow nor reap its aftergrowth, nor gather in from its untrimmed vines, for it is a jubilee. It shall be holy to you. You shall eat its crops out of the field. On this year of Jubilee, each of you shall return to his own property. If you make a sale, moreover, to your friend or buy from your friend's hand, you shall not wrong one another. Corresponding to the number of years after the Jubilee, you shall buy from your friend. He is to sell to you according to the number of years of crops. In the in proportion to the extent of the years, you shall increase its price. In proportion to the fewness of years, you shall diminish its price, for it is a number of crops he is selling to you. So you shall not wrong one another, but you shall fear your God, for I am the Lord your God. You shall thus observe my statutes and keep my judgments, so as to carry them out, that you may live securely on the land. Then the land will yield its produce, so that you can eat your fill and live securely on it. But if you say, what are we going to eat on the seventh year? If we do not sow or gather in our crops, then I will so order my blessing for you in the sixth year that it will bring forth the crop for three years. When you are sowing the eighth year, you can still eat old things from the crop, eating the old until the ninth year when its, when its crop comes in. Verse 23, The land, moreover, shall not be sold permanently, for the land is mine. For you are but aliens and sojourners with me. Thus, for every piece of your property, you are to provide for the redemption of the land. If a fellow countryman or a fellow countryman of yours becomes so poor that he has to sell part of his property, then his nearest kinsman is to come and buy back what his relative has sold. Or in the case of a man who is a kinsman, but so recovers his means so as to find sufficient for redemption. Or in case a man has no kinsmen, but so recovers his means as to find sufficient for its redemption, then he shall calculate the years since its sale and refund the balance to the man to whom he sold it, and so return his property. But if he has not found sufficient means to get it back for himself, then what he has sold shall remain in the hands of its purchaser until the year of Jubilee. But at the Jubilee it shall revert, that he may return to his property. Likewise, if a man sells a dwelling house in a walled city, then the redemption right remains valid until the full year of its sale. His right of redemption lasts a full year. If it is not bought back for him within the space of a full year, then the house that is in the walled city passes permanently to its purchaser throughout its generations. It does not revert in the jubilee. The houses of the villages, however, which have no surrounding wall, shall be considered as open fields. They have redemption rights and revert in the jubilee. As for the cities of the Levites, 
The Levites have a permanent right of redemption for the houses of the cities, which are their possessions. What therefore belongs to the Levites may be redeemed, and the house sale in the city of this possession reverts in the Jubilee, for the house of the cities of the Levites are their possession among the sons of Israel. But pasture fields for their cities shall not be sold, for that is their perpetual possession. Verse 35. Now in the case of a countryman of yours becomes poor, and his means with regard to you falter, then you are to sustain him, like a stranger or a sojourner, that he may live with you. Do not take usurious interest from him, but revere your God, that your countrymen may live with you. You shall not give him your silver at interest, nor your food for gain. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. If a countryman of yours becomes so poor with regard to you that he sells himself to you, you shall not subject him to a slave's service. He shall be with you as a hired man, as if he were a sojourner. He shall serve with you until the year of Jubilee. He shall then go out from you, he and his sons with him, and shall not and shall go back to his family, that he may return to his property and his forefathers. For they are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. They are not to be sold in a slave sale. You shall not rule over him with severity, but are to revere your God. As for your male and female slaves, whom you may have, you may acquire male and female slaves from from the pagan nations that are around you. Then too, it is out of the sons of the sojourners who live as aliens among you that you may gain acquisition, and out of their families who are with you, whom they will have produced the land, and also may become your possession. You may even bequeath them to your sons after you to receive as possession, You can use them as permanent slaves. But in respect to your countrymen, the sons of Israel, you shall not rule with severity over one another. Verse 47. Now if the means of a stranger or a sojourner with you becomes sufficient, and the countrymen of yours become so poor with regard to him as to sell himself to a stranger who is sojourning with you or to the descendants of a stranger's family, then he shall have redemption right after he has been sold. One of his brothers may redeem him, or his uncle, or his uncle's son may redeem him, or one of his blood relatives from his family may redeem him, or if he prospers, he may redeem himself. He then, with his purchaser, shall calculate from the year when he sold himself to him up to the year of Jubilee, and the price of the sale shall correspond to the number of years. It is like the days of a hired man that he shall be with him. If there are still many years, he shall refund part of the purchase price in proportion to them for his own redemption. And if few years remain, then until the year of Jubilee, he shall so calculate with him. In proportion to his years, he is to refund the amount of his redemption. Like a man hired year by year, he shall be with you. He shall not rule over him with severity in your sight. Even if he is not redeemed by these means, he shall still go out in the year of Jubilee, he and his sons with him. For the sons of Israel are my servants. They are my servants whom I brought out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God.
Well, lots of interesting regulations concerning rest and work. We have all of the laws for the servants that were to work for their masters and uh, how they were to be treated. Now, obviously, you see a clear distinction between the Jew and the Gentile. The Jews were had been slaves 400 years. So God says, done with that. Don't ever treat one of my chosen ones as a slave again. They are to work for you and treat them fairly. And, and so, but the Gentiles know that from the pagan nations they could take slaves. Why? No idea. That's just the time, and God was allowing it. I remember there's a lot to consider when you consider the way slavery worked back then. There was not the educational system that we have. It was agricultural. They needed a lot of people in the fields to work. The Jews, remember, were under God's command to treat people fairly. You saw some of these commands that if they even knocked the tooth out of the, one of their slaves, they had to let them go free. They had to treat their slaves fairly. And God says, if you don't, I will judge you. And many of these pagan people that were taken in uh, were doing very poorly anyway, trying to scratch out an existence where they were living in Canaan. And so some uh, landowner, a Jew who had land and had possessions and had the means by which to make good crops, could often provide better for his slave than the slave could for himself. This is why many of the slaves were given the opportunity to, uh, to when there was time for them to go free, um, to choose to stay with their master. So there is that. Uh, and of course, the, hopefully, the, the at least conceptually, they would have been able to see what a life lived out with Yahweh was all about. They would actually be able to be uh, around people who believed in the one true living God who could save their souls if they so choose to embrace and follow after him. So there was also that exposure to the right God and the right way of life. So there are some very positive benefits. Can't say that we all you know understand why that God didn't do it a different way or, or preclude slavery, but it was allowed. Now, in regard to all these festivals, the Sabbath rest, Israel still observing it today as a country, not so much spiritually like they should, but they're trying <laughs> trying to get a taxi on Saturday uh, when the or Friday night when the sun goes down. <laughs> you can't you can't the buses stop everything stops when it's uh, time for the the Sabbath to begin. So every week they celebrate it. Then they were just celebrated every seven years, and then every seven groups uh, seven groups of seven and four hundred uh, sixty nine of those. Uh, seven, 70th, this, the 70th year uh, was the Jubilee year, right? So every seven years, they were to celebrate it. Oh, up until 50 years, I'm sorry. So we have two, two groups of seven, seven years, and then another seven years, that was 49 years, and they would have Jubilee years on each of those. So cease work and... Uh, and it's a whole year of rest for the land. Have that seventh year, you don't do anything, you don't work. Just let the end. But the nice thing was, in the sixth year, God would give double the amount of crops, so you would eat fine on the on the seventh year. And that just 
blows my mind to see well, are those those guys are growing their crops that's using the sixth year to go okay lord <laughs> this is it the sixth year do it you know and watch the plants the grapes that were normally you know maybe hanging this long are going to be double the the length double the width uh double the amount or whatever however god did it i could imagine how you would go out every single day or you should have they, they should have gone out every single day praising god especially around harvest going this is amazing that god's God's promise never fails. Even when numbers of years go by, there's that double portion. And then they are able to rest on the seventh year. And then right after the second Sabbath year, the 69th year, then you have the Jubilee year on the on the 50th year. And then that's when uh, everything reverts and everybody goes free. We get our word jubilant from the word uh, jubilee so it was a year of joy a a year of just wonderful joy because the clock resets essentially and and people that had gone broke and had to sell themselves and work and now get their land back now get everything reverted back and uh, people go home to their properties and all kinds of beautiful things on the on the jubilee year happened and we see that it was set as a pattern for Israel because God gave them the land to be their God. And God said, nobody is going to try and sneak, be sneaky and steal this away from you. So it was a really good system. The, now, and, and God promised to keep bringing in the blessing every sixth year. And the Jubilee goes back. And oh, man, what a phenomenal system. And how, how did Israel treat it? Well, once they got into the land, they were like, hey, thanks. After, you know, I kept seeing those crops coming on the sixth year and double and triple. And wow, this is really great. Well, then they started going, eh, well, you know, this, why not just take all that? Why not plan on the seventh year anyway? Make more money. And they started doing that. And then, well, I'm not so sure we want to let our people go on the seventh year. They stopped celebrating the Sabbath, the Sabbath year, for sure, and um, and we know that because they get judged for it. And the reason why they went into the Babylonian captivity was because why they had not honored the Sabbath, rest the land of rest for seven of those seven year periods <laughs> it gets confusing huh? every seven years was a sabbath uh year and they missed it seven times so for 490 years they did not observe this that just blows my mind that just oh nah even though god was blessing it it was never a time of of diminishing it was still a time of, of blessing. In fact, the greatest blessing was rest. Can you imagine if your boss says, I want you to work um, six days, take the seventh day off. Oh, and every six years, I'm going to give you a year off. And the, before that year, on the, this, the sixth year, I'm going to pay you double. So on the seventh year, you don't have to do anything. <laughs> Would you take it? Sure. That's what God was doing. I'll pay you double with those crops. You can sell the crops, keep them, eat them, 
And then seventh year, you guys just hang out. I love your family. Just rest. That's what kind of God they have, we have. And, and, and they get greedy or they get lazy or they get into idolatry. The enemy deceives them. They don't take advantage of it. So God goes, hey, guys, you owe me those years of rest. You wouldn't take it when I told you to, so I'm going to give it to you now. You're going to rest from work in the land of work. I'm just going to take you into slavery. <laughs> Not much rest the way God wanted him to, but he gave the land the rest. You see, the land is what you owe me, and they got that rest for that amount of time. Well, there's a lot of parallels spiritually for us, um, <laughs> a lot of parallels that we don't even have time to go into, but we know prophetically that there is coming. We operate prophetically on a, uh, in the same sense that God has decreed that there is going to be a 70th week of rest coming for the church, including Israel, that uh, historically... Since the decree of Alexander um, Artaxerxes Longimanus in 444, 445 BC to restore and build the wall to the coming of the Messiah, there was going to be 1,883 days. I'm, I'm forgetting. Um, 183,880 days, somewhere around there, uh, until the coming of the the Messiah, who would be cut off. And that corresponds, just so happens, to the Jewish calendar, the Jewish system of those Sabbath years. It turns out that it is 490 years. 490 years from the rebuilding of that wall until Jesus came. And then there was a pause prophetically, and theologians accept this. There was The, the clock stopped, at the at the um, crucifixion, some people don't agree with that. That's fine. If you want to be a preterist and say it all happened in seventy A.D., that's fine. Um, that I, I've looked into this, and I I'm totally convinced in that there is a future seventieth week coming. So the clock begins to tick again at the beginning of the jubilation, when the church is raptured we begin the 70th week. We call it the 70th week of Daniel when the tribulation begins. It'll be jubilant for the church, not for the world. We go up and we are there for the 70th week while the tribulation is happening. When it is completed and we come back with the Lord, then guess what happens? We begin the permanent jubilation. We can call it jubilee millennial where we're there for a thousand years on the earth with the Lord. So great, great prophecy um, correlations here. Uh, so many that we, we just don't even have time to go into, but um, get a chance, go back and listen to the teaching on uh, Leviticus. I did two of them, should be online, I hope, uh, on CalvaryPV.com. March 7th, from Fetters Free, the Lord Luthus, Luth, <laughs> I can't say that, Luceth the prisoner, Psalm 146.7. He has done it. Remember Joseph, Israel, in Egypt, Manasseh, Jeremiah, Peter, and many others? He can do it still. He breaks the bars of brass with a word and snaps the fetters of iron with a look. 
He's doing it. In a thousand places, troubled ones are coming forth to light and enlargement. Jesus still proclaims the opening of the prison to them that are bound. At this moment, doors are flying back and fetters are dropping to the ground. He will delight to set you free. Dear friend, if at this time you are mourning because of sorrow, doubt, and fear, it will be joy to Jesus to give you liberty. It will give him as great a pleasure to loose you as it will to be a pleasure to you to be loosed. No, you have not to snap the iron hand. The Lord himself will do it. Only trust him, and he will be your emancipator. Believe in him in spite of the stone walls or the manacles of iron. Satan cannot hold you. Sin cannot enchain you. Even despair cannot bind you if you will now believe in the Lord Jesus in the freeness of his grace and the fullness of his power to save. Defy the enemy and let the word now before you be your song of deliverance. Jehovah looseth the prisoners. What a beautiful devotional thought. Father God, thank you for this morning and giving us that, that kind of promise, God that promise of your uh, amazing love for us. God, thank you. Thank you. Show us show us these things, God. Give us understanding of the way that you have reached out through the millennium uh, and touched the lives of so, so, so many that were bound up and held captive by their sin, by deception, by just a complete lack of understanding and ability to to open their eyes to see what truth is what what life is so thank you for your saving power for your hand we thank you for what you did a thursday night with the evangelism team going out and sharing thank you for giving um, francisco the strength to go out there and just be a light and a ministry for you and using all the people that went out god um that's just such a, a strong witness and uh, thank you for those people who are praying with others after the service, ministering to them, sharing the gospel, people, new people coming. God, we're just so excited and blessed to see them. Thank you for touching lives. And help us, God, to yeah, apply these things that we're reading every day, that we can read about the Sabbath rest and the Jubilee and know that these things apply directly to us and that we can dive into this stuff and look into Revelation, look into Daniel, look into some of the exciting prophecies that are that reflect this principle, God, of your desire to rest, for us to rest, your desire to bring us into rest, to restore us, and to give us the land that you have set aside for us, God, which is going to be amazing. Not now. The land we have now is just temporal, but we get a permanent inheritance, and we know it's coming. So we thank you for it. Thank you for your continued touch on those that are sick those that have proclaimed, God, your healing in their life and have been seeing you do so many wonderful things, giving them strength. Um, Many of us are like Paul. We have thorns in our sides, but you give us the strength to continue and just to know that we can come before you and worship and with our brothers and sisters and we find joy, we find strength in that and we trust you. Thank you, God, for the many, many blessings that you are doing right now. We think of the things going on in... um, the Ukraine, 
and uh, pray that you would continue to help those people get out of there and they, they're for their strength. God, we know there's many Christians there, uh, many people that have all kinds of stories of your miraculous deliverance, but we want to just ask you, God, to continue. There's Calvary chapels in Ukraine, God. We want to pray for them, for their work that they're doing, and God, that you would continue to bless them and help them, God. Uh, be ministering in your name without fear. Uh, I can't even imagine uh, what they must be going through. So, God, my prayer that you would um, you would lift them up, that you would, God, strengthen their hand and help them be your witnesses. Protect them, God. We just ask your, your hands of protection so that they can help all these people that are coming through. So many of them are allowing them to stay in their homes and giving them water and food, and they don't have resources enough themselves, but they're doing it in faith. So, God, come through for them, we pray. Stop this insanity. There was at least a report this morning that the, that the Russians stopped in order to give time for humanitarian aid. Uh, again, Father, so much news coming through is is filtered and not always true. It's propaganda. We don't know if this is true, but we certainly pray it, it is. Pray that there is a cease in the in the shelling and the hostility, so that that the, the the missionaries can get in, get out, whatever the, their calling is, that people can be ministered to, because we know that there is reports now of real serious atrocities and slaughter have starting to happen. And uh, that this vicious dictator is increasing his his um, desire to destroy this country, to overtake it. So, God, we pray that you would be their God of strength, strengthen them. Thank you for their for their reserve, God, <laughs> their steadfastness. And so many of them know you. So, God, we stand with them and ask you would uh, build them up, strengthen them, and bring in the aid they need. God, allow the planes, whatever the convoys, to get through with the aids and the arms that they need to defend their families. Thank you, God, for this day and all that you have done and are doing in Jesus' name.